0: Colorado, amen? Look at the person next to you and say, I'm glad you're here tonight. Amen. Get ready to receive. I want to talk tonight about the power of your testimony. Welcome those that are online tonight, listening on the podcast, or eventually on audio when it gets recorded. Um, I was talking to Pastor Dylan last night, and we were talking about this thought that we're going to get into here in just a second, but um, it, I, I've got I'm going to get this out the way because you're going to see my black finger tonight. How many have ever jammed your finger or smashed your finger before? Anybody know what this looks like? Anybody who's ever done any kind of construction knows. Um, but this is my special finger. Because this special finger, thankfully it was this one, and I can't imagine how much it would have hurt if it was another finger. But this finger has been, one time I was playing basketball, and a, and a pass came really hard, and, and I heard the, the the thump, and it hurt, but I didn't really think anything of it and, and all of a sudden we kept playing and this one dude guarding me goes Ugh! And so I looked down and if you bend your finger that way so your finger can go that way but this finger went that way to my it was laying on my hand and so I just the first thing I did which was praise God I did this I just reached down and pap- popped it back in and so ever since then I've, I can't bend it so that's that was one time and then before that I was working on the house. Some of you heard that story where I had a bad day and did all kinds of stuff. But I was pulling a nail out of the wall. And as I came down to pull the nail down, there was another nail sticking out. And so I just about cut my finger off. And the girls came home. And my finger was in a sock because I kept working and took me to the hospital and got eight stitches on it. And then, before, to, before yesterday, about a couple months ago, I was working here at the church. And I shot a nail through it with the nail gun. It was a finishing nail, thank God. or I wouldn't have had any finger left. But. And then yesterday, I, I was getting out of the car, and I just did a project on my house. I put some flooring in on the, in the house, and I usually have an accident while I'm working. I got through the whole thing with no accidents. And then I went to take the car to the shop yesterday and to look for my insurance to get the loaner. And, and I don't even know how it happened, but all of a sudden my finger was in the door. So that's why it's black, amen, and just had to get that out the way so I don't stare at it all night. How many of you tonight as we get into the power of our testimony, if I told you that I found out you were going to receive an unexpected $20,000? How many could how many would like that? If I told you you're going to go tomorrow to the bank and they're going to tell you that there's money, there's we found money for you and it was 20,000. What would you do with it? Begin to think about what you would do with it. Buy a car, pay student loans off, pay off a car, put it down on a house go on vacation, invest it. See so you can start thinking about all the things that you do. And this isn't a money message, but I hope that when I said that the first thing that you thought of was you'd pay your tithes. Amen. So think about that for a second. We're going to get back to that. But we're going to look at John chapter 12 and we're going to stay in this chapter tonight. And this is a powerful cool story that many of you might know. And we're going to pick it up after obviously chapter 11. And in chapter 11, Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. One of the coolest stories in the Bible. If you haven't read John 11, read it in your own time. Don't read it tonight, but we're going to read a little bit of it in a second. But as, as Je- Jesus re- uh, reaches Lazarus and raises him from the dead, now he is alive and he is living, amen, and they're in ministry together. And we're going to pick up in John chapter 12, verse 1. And it says, Then six days before the Passover... Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus, and I love this part, who had been dead. Lazarus, who had been dead. Now, we're, we know this was a physical death, but how many know when you read the scriptures and you look at a verse like this, you can say, I was dead too. Do you realize that none of us in this place have probably been raised from the dead physically? But every single one of us, if we have Jesus Christ in our hearts, have been raised from the dead spiritually. How many remember when you used to be dead in your trespasses and dead in your sin, and now you're alive? Amen? So he, that, that's the great start. This is the beginning of our testimony is that we're not dead. We're alive. So it says, he who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead, there they made him a supper. And Martha served but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. And Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. Father, as we go into the rest of this ver- these verses, open up our hearts tonight on this Wednesday night to receive. Speak to us challenge us give us revelation from your word let us see the things that are in this story god that can come alive in our lives and father we come against all strategies of the devil tonight all demonic forces of the enemy who want to lie and deceive and steal we know that satan comes to steal to kill and destroy but you come to give life and life more abundantly And we give you glory and honor for speaking to us tonight in jesus name amen so read that last part again. Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. We're going to keep reading here in a second so you can leave it up, but what's happening here is she's very thankful for her brother being alive. This is, bro- this is Lazarus' sister. She is very thankful that God has raised, that Jesus has raised his, her, her brother from the dead, And so she shows Jesus his appreciation. Now, earlier when I mentioned what would you do with $20,000, that's what she did with $20,000. You'll see in this story as you go on to read that the scholars will tell you that the amount of oil that she gave, that she poured out, we're going to see another number in a second, was equivalent to about $20,000 in our time. I mean, that's a lot of money. And so maybe when, we asked, when I asked that question, what would you do with that money, maybe the last thing on your mind was that you would give it all back to the Lord. Maybe. Maybe there was someone in here who said, I'd, I'd give it all away. But that, that woman was so thankful for the testimony of Lazarus being raised from the dead, so thankful for the power of that testimony of resurrection, that she went and got this oil that you're going to see in a second she was keeping for something else. So keep reading. Watch this. But... Say, but, one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, why was this fragrant oil not sold, and here's where you see the number, for 300 denarii? A denarii would be a day's wages back then. And so she, he noticed, and could and he, because he was the treasurer, he recognized how much oil she, she brought to that place. How many know when people know how to count, they know how to count? When people, are, uh, when people look at numbers all the time and money all the time, he knew exactly to the penny of a good guess at least how much oil she poured out. And he said, How, why did you not take that and sell that 300 denarii, which is one denarii per day, 300 days worth of work? 300, almost a year's wages. And so 20,000 seems, it might be more in our time today, if you even think about an average salary. Of 30, 40, 50, 60, whatever a year for somebody or a family. But she, I'm going way on the low end of 20,000, but that she gave a, a almost year's wages away at Jesus' feet with this oil because of her appreciation for the testimony. Isn't that powerful? So it says, and so he says, why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii? And given to the poor. Now I want you to start to watch something as we go through this. I want, us, I want us to look at some things here. Some areas that we can focus on in our own lives. Because how many notice here as he's about to say, then he said, not, not that he cared, sorry, this he said, not that he cared for the poor because he was a thief and had the money box and used to take what was put in it. So here we begin to see an attitude that I'm going to show you. When somebody has a testimony, and you've heard me say this a lot of times, you are either one of two people. When somebody gets up and testifies, and I've got a great testimony right now, as a matter of fact, that I wanted to let you know about. How many know Pastor Bland was supposed to be here uh, a month ago or three weeks ago for that revival? Well, he has a son, Kyle, who has a daughter, Journey, and she's, uh, she's in her, she, how old is she, 10, 11, 11 Eleven years old, and uh, she 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 was born with some complications, and she has a pacemaker. Well, the other day she began to start having some seizures, and they live in Cortez, which is far from a major hospital. So they went to Colorado Springs, and her pacemaker had stopped, totally stopped, and so then Colorado Springs couldn't take care of her, so they had to fly her to Denver, and she had surgery. And uh, that was Thursday, or sorry, Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday. And I just talked to Pastor Bland before the service, and I said, "How is Journey doing?" He said, "It's an absolute miracle. She's going home tonight. But if we wouldn't have got there, if we'd have got there an hour later, she'd be dead." I'm here thankful for that testimony tonight. Amen. Her heart stopped. God healed her, and she's perfectly fine. That's a miracle. That's a testimony. Or when somebody gets up here in service and says, man, God gave me a raise, or, or I, I, we, we were able to buy a house, or God blessed us with a car, or we paid things off, or, or we're able to have a kid, or whatever that testimony is. When somebody gets up here, stay with me, when someone gives a testimony, there are always two attitudes. Some of y'all know where I'm going. There's always two attitudes. One is an attitude of rejoicing. An attitude of hallelujah, praise God. That wasn't my house or my car or my daughter or my granddaughter, but that was somebody that God did a miracle for, and I'm excited for them, as excited for them as it was if, as if it was for me. That's one attitude. And the other attitude is, why didn't that happen to me? Or, or, or why, why don't I have that blessing? Or why don't I get the house? Or why didn't I get a, a kid that I prayed for or whatever? And so we see this here where Martha, sorry, Mary, is 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 thankful for the testimony so much that she doesn't just thank god with her words she thanks him with everything she had then we see judas who reveals his heart who is not happy isn't that interesting instead of him going wow that's amazing that she would give because it was hers in the first place that she would give all that oil and pour it out on his feet and, 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 and do what this, this thankfulness because maybe she was saving it for some day with her brother that her brother was going to be dead. How many, how many have ever stopped and said, man, I'm enjoying this moment right now because I might not have it again? So he's, he, he, instead of being happy... He goes, well, why do we? Why didn't we give that to the poor? Why didn't we sell that? But the sad thing is, how I many? Sometimes we can have an attitude on the outside that's fake on the inside. Woo! Right? We can be clapping on the outside. We can be saying, "Oh, that's great" on the outside, but we're not really happy on the inside. And that was Judas. The Bible tells us that he he didn't care about the poor. He cared about the fact that he lost $20,000 that he could take some of. Amen? Y'all hear? That's what he saw. He didn't see anything but whatever he was going to take, if it was 10% or 20% or half of it or whatever, he saw money he lost being poured out on the feet of Jesus. There's an attitude there in the testimony. So let's keep reading. Then it says, But Jesus said, let her alone. Now it's also interesting to me this is pay attention to this. Let me read it first. Let her alone, she has kept this for the day of my burial. She, see, sometimes we're, we're prophesying or doing something for God that we don't know is, is futuristic. We're planting a seed. We're praying for somebody, maybe you're praying for somebody uh, tonight, maybe we're praying for this, this girl' journey, and when I pray for her, God, I'm planting a seed for the prayers of my future grandchild. grandchild. You don't know what you're doing when you pray. You don't know what, what seeds you're sowing. And, and she, he says, she, he said, this, this was, that oil was going to be for my burial. Now, she, she did not know that when she gave it, but Jesus did. And so he's he's seeing something in her an attitude that's so powerful. And here's an interesting thing, though. He did not rebuke Judas. He didn't say anything. He could have rebuked him right there and said, Judas, you liar. What do you mean, give it to the poor? You're gonna steal from it. He knew. How I many know God knows everything? Tell the person next to you, we can't fool God. Do you know that? We can't fool God. God knows everything. God sees everything. God's involved in everything. And so we got to make sure, church, all the time that our attitude of, of gratitude is right towards the power of the testimony that God is doing, not only in our lives, but in the lives of other people. Amen? And then he goes on to say this. This is what I meant here earlier. For the poor you have with you always, but me you do not have always. Now, if you've ever read this story before, and I hope you have, you'll know that also Martha, in a different gospel, gets rebuked for serving. She gets rebuked for being busy, feeding him and and running around, and, and she gets mad at her sister that she's not helping, and Jesus says, there'll be time for that. Come spend time with me. You know what that means, church? We can't get too busy to spend time with God. We don't know how long we have. We can't get too busy that we do other things more important than the things of God. Amen? A lot of movement going on around here. Everybody go to the bathroom before church. Amen? Listen to this. Plot to kill Lazarus. This what I want you to see. Now a great many of the Jews knew that he was there. And they came, watch this, not for Jesus' sake only but that they might see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. Church, your testimony is going to affect somebody else's life. What you say, how you live, what you do, what you believe is going to affect other people's lives in one way or another. Do you realize you're always affecting somebody's life tonight? You're affecting them in a good way where they want to follow Jesus, or you're affecting them in a way where they don't want to have anything to do with Jesus. But I want to have a testimony where they want to follow Jesus with me. Amen? But something happened with this resurrection. Watch this. And it says, a great many of the Jews knew that he was there, and they came not for Jesus' sake only, meaning they didn't just come to see Jesus. They came to see Lazarus. Only that they might see him whom he had raised from the dead. But, and this is the last part, the chief priests plotted to put Lazarus to death also, because on account of him, many of the Jews went away and believed in Jesus. So when you have a testimony, you're going to make the devil mad. When you start doing things for the kingdom of God, you're going to ruffle the feathers of the devil. You're going to, you're going to upset the hornet's nest. You're going to get some, people, some, some demons mad at you tonight. But how many want to stir up some devils tonight, amen? How many want the enemy to be mad about what God is doing in your life? We want the devil to be angry at what God is doing in our life. We want to be looked at as a threat to the kingdom of God. Now let me show you a few things here. How many know in this place tonight, right right here, just here tonight in this service, there are so many testimonies. How many are a testimony? There's people in this place who've been, who've been bound by alcohol. Others who've been in some form of addiction or bondage. Some have been sick and God has healed them. Some have had uh, miracles financially. Some have almost died in car accidents for the glory of God that were saved. All across this place, if we, if we stopped and gave the microphone from one side to the other, from the youngest to the oldest, we'd be here all night of testimonies of the power of God and testimonies of salvation, testimonies of the grace of God. Does anybody believe that tonight? We'd be praising God all night long, amen, I hope. Or we might be mad all night long and jealous all night long, amen. I'm just saying that because it's a fact. Sometimes we can have the wrong attitude about what God is doing. We have to have the right one. Mary, Lazarus' sister, had a testimony very few had, which was to see Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead. Let's go back to John 11 just for a second. Verse 32, and let me show you a little bit of that story. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here. Now, I want to say something as we're about to read this. I'm stopping on purpose. When we read the story after it and we see the the evidence of the miracle, That should remind us that right now if you're going through something and you don't see God moving, that should let you know right now that God is moving because the miracle's on the way and the testimony's around the corner and God is going to do what what you ask him to do and what you need him to do. He's going to do it. But right now we don't see it. We need to remember the end result. And we need to believe it before it happens. If you're believing for anything in this place tonight... Listen to this. We just read that he raised him from the dead. We just read that that oil was poured out by Mary. We just read that Judas got mad. That was the end result of the testimony, the power of the testimony. But here we are, a chapter before, and Mary, that same Mary, says, Lord, verse 32, if you'd have been here, my brother would not have died. See, sometimes we don't see God doing the testimony like we want him to do it. And the quicker you realize tonight that God is not going to move in your behalf the way you want him to move, the quicker you're going to see God move. Has anybody been saved long enough to realize that? He is not, will not do it like you want him to do it. Like you think he's going to do it. But he's working. He's moving. How many times can we look back and say, man, that's not how I'd have done it. That's not how I'd have planned it. That's not how I'd have worked it out. But God did it. And just like we talked about on Sunday in that message about Israel defeating those nations and David defeating Goliath and, and Gideon defeating all those Midianites and all these stories in the Bible where there's less doing a lot, that's how God works. God doesn't work like we work. So the faster we realize that, the quicker we're going to see miracles and testimonies, the power of a testimony. Because I've, I've been saying this for a long time, quoting Smith Wigglesworth, God is more eager to answer us than we are to ask. How many believe that tonight? He wants to do miracles more than we want him to do miracles. That's what he lives to do. He's a miracle God. He wants to show his power. He's just looking for people to believe, but he can't move without faith. So he needs us to have faith. So here we see the story back. So that's for you tonight, that you're believing for something and you're not seeing it. And maybe even it looks worse right now than it did a month ago. Amen? Maybe it looks worse than it did a month ago. Maybe it looks worse in 2021 than it did in 2020. Maybe you were thinking this year is going to start off right. It's going to be a new beginning. And now we're already back in the same old year. But you don't know what God is doing. That's where Mary was for the 33. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come see. Let's skip down to verse 43. Now, when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who died, sorry, he who had died, came out, bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. Amen. What a testimony. What a miracle. But if you read this story, you realize that he wasn't just dead. He was stinky dead. stanky dead. Amen. He was days dead. He went a day longer than Jesus. Four days dead. How many know that's, that's a smell? Amen. I'll, ne- I'll never forget how many, if you have ever, I'm not trying to be gross tonight, but if you have ever smelt death. And I'm not talking about an animal. You can't get the smell of death out of your nose. It, there's muscle memory. I'll never forget in Costa Rica, I did a lot of funerals, but one of, one of the ones that I'll never forget was my, one of my best friends who was the basketball player who passed away. And they, they see in, in other countries, they can't afford to embalm a body. It's very expensive. Here, we can have somebody pass away, and they can go weeks. They pay for that embalming fluid. But in other countries, they don't have it. And so I'll never forget, we had the funeral, and we and over there, in, 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 I don't know about now, but 15, 20 years ago, when he passed away, we, 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 you would take the casket, put it in the car, and everybody walked to the cemetery, walked to the cemetery behind. I'll never forget that smell. You could smell his dead body all the way to the cemetery. I'm not trying to be gross, but that's, that's how dead Lazarus was. Lazarus was stanky dead. He was beyond, you know, his heart stopped, and then they put the electric thing on him and he came back. He was four days dead. And Jesus came and resurrected him. But the problem is, church, is what's going on in those four days? See, right now you're in those four days in your situation, the thing you're believing for your marriage, the thing you're believing for your finances, the thing you're believing for your kids, the thing you're believing for your nation, the thing you're believing for whatever it is, the the hope that you have, you're in that four-day period right now. Amen. Are y'all here? Do you understand what I'm saying? Jesus is going to resurrect it. Jesus is going to do the miracle. It's going to happen. But right now it smells. Right now it doesn't look like God's doing anything. During those days where He had already dead, when He already had already died, they said, "Man, where's Jesus at?" And even when she saw him, she said, "Jesus, if you'd have got here early, see, she had the faith. She had the faith." Church, don't lose faith. Don't lose faith in the power of your testimony, because there are people behind you that need Jesus. There are people that are, that are going to come the, to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ because of you, that other people will not come to Jesus' salvation without you. Do you believe that tonight? There are people that are tied to your life. If you, if you give up your faith and quit believing, you're going to miss out on what God has for your life. So you might be in that four-day period right now. And I didn't, I didn't really have any plans to talk too much about this four-day period, but I'm speaking to somebody tonight. Somebody needs this. Maybe you're here. Maybe it's online. And now we go back to the story we read in the beginning, and Jesus is with them, and they're making him dinner, and he's sitting there with with their brother, and I'm thinking Mary's looking over at Lazarus. How many have ever had seen God do a miracle, and when it finally happened, you almost couldn't believe it? Like you believed for it the whole time you were praying for it, but when it actually happens, you almost have to pinch yourself like it actually happened. I could see Mary at that dinner just staring at her brother. I could see her brother staring back and saying, stop staring at me, sister. What's wrong with you? Why are you looking at me so much? But I could just see Mary staring at Lazarus because she sees him alive when he was dead. How many of you can see your family members tonight alive even though they're dead? Oh, I'm preaching way better than your amen to me, but that's okay. Don't worry about it. It's okay. How many can see your family members, your coworkers, the people you're witnessing to alive even though they're dead right now? Those, those people you're sending verses to, those people you're praying for, those people you're believing for, the people who've rejected you, the people who haven't listened to you, you, you can look over at them and say, I see you alive. You might be dead right now, but I see you alive. And so she finally sees him alive, and she doesn't even know what to do with herself. She's so excited. So she's thinking, what can I do for my Lord? What can I do for my Lord? See, maybe you're not thankful tonight for your salvation. Maybe you, maybe you haven't had a revelation yet of what you looked like before you came back to life. Maybe you haven't had an understanding of how lost you were. Maybe you haven't had that revelation of what hell looks like. I, 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 think, so, I think a lot, but I think sometimes about when I get around a fire or the heat, and, and I think about hell, and I think about eternity, and I think about that being forever. And, and it shakes me, and I say, God, I stop, and I say, God, thank you. I don't have enough words to thank you. All I can do is give you my life, God, because you are worthy of my life. And so Mary pretty much goes and grabs. It doesn't say this, but it's very likely. She goes and grabs her entire savings of life savings. What can I do to give my Lord? She's looking at Lazarus. She's looking at the testimony. She gets up and she goes and gets this oil. And she was saving it, Jesus said, for the day of his burial. Now write this down quickly as I begin to close. Four things. Just write this down. We've, we've kind of gone over them, but just in case you missed it. Four things that happen when there's a testimony. Or somebody gets a revelation of the testimony in their life. Some of you aren't witnessing like you need to witness because you don't realize yourself how much God has saved you from. You don't realize how powerful your testimony is. Have you ever thought, man, if I had that person's testimony. You ever thought that? Man, if I'd, if I'd been through what they have been through, if I, if I was saved from what they were saved from, they'd never shut me up. Some people think that way about others, and, and, and some people think that way about you. And they're wondering, when are you going to open your mouth and witness? Because you sure do have a testimony. You sure do have a powerful testimony. When are you going to start letting people know? You need to start believing in it yourself, amen? So here's, here's what happens when someone's life is changed the number one thing that should happen is they're thankful. Are you thankful tonight? Are you thankful that your name is written in the book of life? Are you thankful that you are out of darkness and no longer there but in light? Are you thankful tonight that your future is heaven and not hell? Are you thankful that you are here by grace, not because of anything you've done or anything you've earned, but because God is good and faithful? So number one is we're thankful. And Mary shows her expression of thanks as she goes and and defeats the enemy by thanking God with this huge offering. Psalms 9 verse 1 says, I will praise you, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will tell of all your marvelous works. Amen. Number two. Number two. This is is the one I mentioned earlier, and I'm just hitting it again. Number two, you'll either rejoice or you'll be jealous. Amen? You'll either rejoice or you'll be jealous. Which one is it going to be? Where are you at? I can't answer that for you, but you're either going to rejoice when you hear a testimony or you're going to be jealous of somebody. Number three, people will come to Christ because of your testimony. People will come to Christ because of your testimony. Now, your testimony, that, this goes two ways. It's the testimony of what God did in your life. That's one. And then it's also your testimony to the world of how you live. Did y'all catch that? It, it's what Jesus did in your life is one. But the flip side of that is, is the way I live is my testimony. You, so, you know, someone would say, that person doesn't have a very good testimony. That doesn't, that, that's not talking about what God did in their lives, because if we ever say that person doesn't have much of a testimony, we're making God a liar, because God does amazing things. But what, what we see today in the world, and this is where we've got to get better, is we see people who God has done miraculous things in, but their testimony doesn't line up with what God did in their life. The way they walk, the way they talk, the way they act, the way they live, their testimony doesn't glorify God, and so people are... Are, are pulled away instead of going to and we want people to come to jesus because of our lives amen the bible says that, that they didn't just come to hear, to see jesus they came to see lazarus so we know that jesus is the ultimate person here that we want people to meet stay with me but they're not going to meet jesus without you did you catch that teenagers You're the one that's going to tell them about Jesus. You're the one that's going to be the hands and feet of Jesus. You're the one that's going to live your life in such a way that when they walk away from you, they're going to say, I want what that person has. I want what that person has. Amen? Turn to your neighbor and tell them, you have a powerful testimony. Do you believe that? You have a powerful testimony. Musicians, you can begin to come. Number four, don't shut me off. Satan, because of your testimony, will try to destroy your life and your testimony. Satan will try to destroy your life and your testimony. Have you ever realized that the people that Satan fights the most are usually the ones that Satan has lost the most of? He, he goes after those people because he fought so hard to get them. He's not just going to easily let him go. You may be that person. You may know somebody. You may know that person and be that person. You might be both. But the devil fights you, and the devil's after you because he hates what God has done in your life. And that should be enough to make us happy right there, that the devil hates us. If the devil likes you, something's wrong. Amen. You're on the wrong team. But he's going to hate you because he sees Jesus in you. How many want to have so much Jesus in them that, that Satan can't even look at you? I can't even look over there because there's so much Jesus in that person. I've I got to go after somebody else. But he's going to keep trying because he wants you back. He, you know what Satan wants? He wants trophies. He, he wants trophies. And, and another thing he does too, church, is he might not be able to stop you from going to heaven. But if you don't get this part we're talking about tonight, he can stop the other people that are supposed to come to heaven through you from getting to heaven. Because of your life not lining up, or, or you being afraid, or you be feeling inadequate, or you feeling like you've made too many mistakes or messed up too much, there are people, again, who are standing behind you who are going to be in heaven because of your testimony. But if you don't get your mind right and understand that God has saved you for a purpose... You're, you're, those people are never going to know the Lord. So there's a lot hanging on your testimony. On your account, many, now tell the person next to you, many people are going to know Jesus because of you. You believe that? Now tell that person next to you, but there's a target on your back. Amen? But listen to what I just said. There's a target on your back. Because you're going forward. You're not looking back. Amen? And you just keep walking towards Jesus. Every day you just keep walking towards Jesus. Here's the last verse to give you. Isaiah 59, 19. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. When the devil comes after you, God's going to protect you. As long as you are doing the work of the Lord, the devil can growl and bark and cry and shout and say things, but he cannot touch you. Amen? He cannot touch you. And so you need to realize that. We talked about that in the last couple weeks. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I will walk through the waters. I will walk through the fire. didn't say if. When you walk through the fire. When you walk through the water, I'll take you through. So you're going to, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers us of them all. So we're going to have struggles. We're going to have trials. We're going to have problems. Sometimes our testimony is going to seem like that four days of death. When is he ever going to show up? When is he ever going to come? But church, don't lose hope. Don't lose hope because there's power in a testimony. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Father, tonight all over this place. There's testimonies. Testimonies of the grace of God. Testimonies of the power of God. Testimonies of the miracles of God. Lord, these people sometimes don't even realize how powerful their testimony is. Lord, God, help me to let them know how powerful their testimony is because they put fire in me to keep preaching the gospel because I've seen you do so much in them, I've seen you save them from so much. So many people in this place tonight, if it wasn't for your grace and your salvation, would not be in church. There's a lot of other places they would be tonight. Drinking, smoking, doing drugs, stealing, acting crazy, doing all kinds of things, God. But here they are in church tonight by the grace of God. Lord, we don't know a lot about what Lazarus' testimony is. But we know that his testimony reached a lot of people. And we might say tonight, yeah, but he was raised from the dead. How many people can say that? But church, Jesus raised us all from the dead. We're all Lazarus in the spirit. Though we were dead, we shall live. Jesus said that. He says, though, they, though, sh- though you, you are dead, though you die, you shall live. Jesus is a miracle worker tonight. He's a healer tonight. He's a, he's a way maker. He's a ch- life changer. All over this place, his heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Do you know him? Do you know him tonight? Do you know Jesus? Those that are watching online, do you know Jesus tonight? Is he Lord? Is he Savior? Is he Master? As your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I want you to think about something. Do you love him enough to do what Mary did? To give everything? I'm not saying God's asking you to give everything you have, but would you do it? If he asked you to quit something, if he asked you to sell something, if he asked you to go somewhere, if he asked you to go all in, if he asked you to go preach the gospel, if he asked you to go witness to, to somebody, would you go? Does he have your heart? Does he have your life? Does he have your everything? Mary said, I don't, I don't care about this money because I'd rather give it to Jesus today than, not, than, than have it in two years without Jesus. If you'll be willing to give things up for God, God will give you back more than he ever asked you to give to him, I promise. He'll give back to you more than he ever asked you to give to him because he's not a taker. God is not a taker. The devil is a taker. God is a giver. He's a giver. And when he asks for something, it's not because he needs it. It's because you need to give it up. Because he wants to test your heart. And he wants to know, do I have that person's everything? Because if I have their everything, I can do great things through them. God's asking you to surrender tonight so people can know Jesus through your life. But how many watching are here tonight could say, I am not saved tonight. If I, if I passed into eternity tonight, if an accident happened, if, if, if Jesus came back tonight, if if, if my life ended tomorrow, if I breathed my last breath, would I go to heaven? And you're here and you don't know. The Bible says you can know tonight. Would you just lift your hand and say, pray for me tonight. I want to be saved. I see your hand. God bless you. How many more all over this place? How many or more? How many could say tonight I need to come home tonight. I need to come back to the Lord. I need to make some decisions. I'm I've been running. I've been making some bad decisions. I've been I've been chasing things I don't need to chase. I've been being deceived. Amen. That's me tonight. Just put your hand up and say that's me. Amen. God sees your heart tonight. God sees your hand. Those that are watching online, I can't see your hand, but God sees your hand. God sees your decision tonight. Let's stand all over this place and as we stand Tonight's the night that God is going to do something great in your life. God's going to do something great in your relationship. God's going to do something great in your family if you'll just surrender. Amen? We're going to say a prayer. If you raise your hand tonight, maybe online or here, I want to ask you to make a public declaration of your faith. Maybe you didn't raise your hand. Sometimes we miss that moment and we, 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 we're thinking about something else or we forget If you deny me before man, I'll deny you before my Father. you confess me before man, I'll confess you before my Father. All over this place, you've never made a public confession of your faith. Just step out of your seat and come down to this altar. Real quick, just step out and come down. We're going to pray. altars are open, all over. I'm going to give just a few moments here. Just step out and come down. Amen. Hands went up. Amen. Let's just wait for a moment. Come on down. Maybe you're watching online and you need to say this prayer. Let's say this prayer all together. Lord Jesus, you are the way, the truth, and the life. I am nothing without you. I believe in your word. I believe you saved me on the cross. You died for my sins. You took my place. I confess that you're Lord. And I believe you rose from the dead. You have the keys to hell and the grave, and your Lord tonight. All my faith is in you, in who you are, in my life tonight, in Jesus' name. Write my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. And from this day forward, I'm gonna live for you, in Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord a big praise tonight, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Right before we go offline, I want to say something to those that are watching and those that are here before we open the altar for a few moments. Don't allow the four days to make you miss God. It's going to seem sometimes like God's not not around, Like like he's busy, or like it's just over. We need to remember the story of Lazarus. We need to remember that, that what, what was Mary and Martha doing when he was already in the grave? We don't know. We don't know. But the bottom line is, Jesus came, Jesus came and raised him up. And they had a second chance. And she said, man, I, I, I doubted or, or I believed. or We don't know where she was at during that four days. But I'm going to give everything. Maybe tonight's a second chance. Maybe you haven't given God everything. He wants everything. Amen? Everything. What's everything? Whatever he asks you for. Don't allow some trivial little moment, some argument or some fight or some situation or some problem or work or some situation in your life to let you miss out on what God wants to do. Don't be a quitter. Because God is not quitting on you. Amen? Amen. As we go offline, let's open up these altars. Let's spend a few moments in prayer.